Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. to have those conversations before you change things with people that speak other things. Uh, but no, I uh, I appreciate prayers yesterday. Uh, some of you may know that Danny and I were in Columbus. It was part of a, uh, a remembrance walk that we've done a couple times now, probably do every year, in honor of our children that we lost. A couple years ago, uh, and it was a really kind of a, I was telling people it's a unique event uh, to be a part of because it's wonderful to be around people that have been through what you've gone through. It's a wonderful support system, but also to be there requires something that no one, which no one would ever have to go through. Um, so this morning, I, I, when I posted something, just asking for prayer. Um, and I appreciate those in the backfield. A lot of times when you preach, a lot of people don't want to talk about this. Uh, it, it's it's weighty. You know, standing up here are the people standing and trying to do everything you can to be the best representation of God in the world and to preach the truth and then to try to understand that and convey that in a way that's meaningful. It, it's heavy. Uh, it's not always easy, but I understand the calling and the reason. So I was asked, as always, pray for me. Pray that the words that come out of my mouth or from God desires, pray that those here, here and online, uh, that, that it cuts to their heart. But we're going to talk a lot about that this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking about a whole lot about the Holy Spirit and, and what the Spirit does in the life of a believer and the necessity of it for the church and, and the power of the Spirit brings to the Word of God. Because without it, it's without the Spirit, it's just it's just words. But there's something about the Spirit that is in us, the, the, the Spirit that has uh, been given to us that allows us to take the biblical text that we have to make sense of it. And so this morning, as always, let's pray. Uh, God, I thank you so much for who you are for the fact God, I thank you for the weight of handling your word. God, it should not ever be approached um, without that intent, without that understanding of just how heavy it is that you have given to us 
something that is life-changing, uh, that is transforming, that is, that is meant to, to challenge us and to convict us, to cut us to our hearts. But really, your word this morning is, is, is just that, just again, challenging us to be more like you. So often, it's so easy for us to look at ourselves. God, it's so much harder to do everything we can be your greatest representation of the world around us. The spirit that is in us has empowered us to do these things. I love you. Thank you. The, the Holy Spirit is such a, it is a topic that I think we often disregard. We don't talk about it. I want to talk. We talk about uh, being Christians. We talk about studying Scripture. We talk about kind of the formality of what it means to be a church. And I think sometimes we just kind of glaze over the necessity of the Holy Spirit. Why we have? Why God gave us? Uh, and so this is the second week of the heart of the church. That's what we're. We're talking about last week apparently we did generation to generation but two weeks ago we did the heart of the church week one was it was about the commission right the great commission to go into the world and to teach you who got it to teach them the word uh, to baptize them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and so today we're, we're going to talk about that third aspect that holy spirit that that part of the trinity that that has been given it's been bestowed upon us. It's, it's not something that's unattainable. It's, it's actually something that is necessary. Jesus even understands this, uh, and we'll get to this a little later, but he understood that he had to leave. He had to go in order for the Spirit to take hold. Uh, so we're going to actually start in Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 41. Uh, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to look at it. It's not going to be on the screen because it's a large chunk of text. Uh, so Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 41. This is Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. So this is shortly after Jesus has gone back up. The disciples have taken over this role, and they're, they're ready. They're empowered. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Uh, prior to this moment in time, the Spirit had fallen uh, on the believers there. So they uh, they started speaking in other languages. Uh, the, the Greek word is glossolalia, and, and the idea is that they were able to speak in the tongues of those around them. Uh, so mind you, this is the time uh, where there's probably millions of different people represented uh, in the area of Jerusalem, different cultures, different tribes, different nations, all of that. And so they're able to, uh, these men, as, as they are poured out on them, right? And from Peter's understanding, uh, and he mentions this, that we believe women as well, that they had the spirit fall on them and they were speaking in a way that those who were around them could understand what they were saying. And they were kind of shocked because this was unheard of. That, that would be the equivalent of me going to like Guatemala and being able to understand Spanish like that. I know a few words. I know enough not to get in trouble. I can order a Coke. 
it's kind of that's that's my ability. But but at the time that the spirit felt people were able to hear and understand what was happening. And so they're kind of shocked, perplexed. Some start asking questions. Some accuse them of being drunk. And so Peter, and being Peter, stands up in the middle of this crowd and gives this powerful ceremony. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. These people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what uh, was uttered the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be uh, turned to darkness, and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord come, the great and magnificent day, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter goes on. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the, uh, the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by him. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is in my right hand, and I might not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also would dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life, and full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb was with us today. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him, he sent one of his descendants was thrown. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ. He would not abandon the Hades, nor did his flesh corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourself are seeing and hearing. For David did not descend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your peace. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, you crucified. Peter has the, the boldness to mention to this audience, he says, you, you were in this audience. You were the ones. Christ. You were the one who crucified this Jesus who God showed to through miracles and prophecies. You are not killed because that is not God's plan. But God spared it. He spared it with He raised him up. He established him. 
And, and so the audience, they hear this. It says, verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Said to Peter, the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. So then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you and your children for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. With many other words, he bore witness, he continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. A lot of times when, when we get to this, this point of scripture, when we come across the scripture, we say, What do we do when we say Peter says very clearly to us for the forgiveness of your sins, for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that's going to come in, the Spirit of God that is going to rest on you, just like you see among this crowd now. The Spirit that will bring, show you, profess to you the truth. This is what you need. This, this is, I love this, this, the sermon by Peter, because these men, the, the people in this crowd, more than men, women, and sort of those who responded to this message, they weren't saved, they, they weren't brought to that knowledge because Peter was a good preacher. But the spirit was, was moving. It was it was resting on the disciples. There, there was something in that moment that, that just kind of Make people pay attention. That's, that's what the Spirit of God does. It, it, it wakes us up. For, for those of us who, who are believers, it comes into us and it settles and it digs itself into us. And it gives us the ability to understand Scripture and the Bible and, and the way we pray and how we teach and how we love everything we do. But for those who are outside of it, when they come across someone who's Spirit-filled, it perks something up inside of them. It, it, it draws. God is constantly drawing people to himself. The work of the Spirit is so necessary. When I was growing up, I remember uh, my older brother did a lot of Legos. It was kind of his thing. This We've already talked about this a little bit, but uh, this is Milnier. This is Thor's hammer. This is a Lego, okay? Uh, this is a little less than a thousand pieces. If I drop this, I will probably cry like a small <laughs> child because it probably took me a whole weekend to, to do it. Uh, but my oldest son and I, we've kind of put it together, gripping up a little bit with that little rubber thing on there. Um, but there's, I love Legos. I think Legos, when I was younger, I didn't really understand it, but now that I'm older, I try to buy them because my oldest likes them. I like to play with them. Uh, but one of the things that I like about Legos now, and done Legos recently, uh, when my brother was younger, just like a box full of Legos, and he poured the whole thing out, and had like a little book, he had to kind of figure out what's going on. So the way Legos does it now, I think speaks to me more, probably because I'm OCD, 
for the world that I want to invent. It comes in like little pouches, and it's all numbered. So you put together this section, and you put together this section, and if you do it in order, it works. It's great. Mainly because it's really easy to start and stop. You can do like this back today, this back tomorrow. But but I, I love Legos because there's there's something about Legos that are just it, it's time consuming, but when you get it all together, you know, this really cool thing that is going to sit on the bookshelf of my office. Because if I take it home, one of my kids is getting the other one with it. <laughs> and I have great boy. But it's, it's, it's just, it's really neat to have the ability to kind of sit down and focus, right? So when when we're talking about what it is to be a Christian, God has blessed us with some incredible tools that are designed to refine us, create us, and, and sometimes pull us apart, just put us back together. But, but two of those things, his word, and the second is we're talking about this morning, the Spirit of God. We, we have this, this gift, this instruction book that, that, that has been given to us that allows us to, to not only understand and see God, but to tell us how to live, how to act, and what it means to be a Christian. And, and the Spirit that comes into us as believers takes the scriptures that we have and it, it makes it even better because it, it, it enlightens you. It, it reveals to you that the mysteries that that we on our own cannot understand. I, I like what John 14, 26 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that was said the spirit of God is it's in us. It equips us. It empowers us. And I love when we look, especially in the book of Acts, so many times when the Peter and the other disciples they would, they would give these monologues that would just make the Pharisees confused. Because the, the, the Pharisees couldn't figure out why these uneducated men could stand in a room with them and have a theological conversation that made them question themselves. That's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God takes ordinary men and women and makes them exceptional. The Spirit of God comes into your life and it takes the Bible that you read, the things that you study, the conversations that you have, and it makes God a part of it. It empowers you. It's vital to who we are. The Spirit of God, I once had a friend say this to me, and I still I still sit with it. The Spirit of God is like a muscle. It has to be worked out. You gotta put the time in. You've gotta you've gotta make sure you're tuned into it. You've gotta make sure that, that you're praying with it, that you're studying it, that, that you're understanding it. By uh, Everett, my oldest boy, said to me when we were on this walk this weekend, he is uh, he's probably about a solid 60 pounds. And he still wants to ride on my shoulders. I got like one summer left. Okay? 
one summer, if I'm lucky. So we're on this walk, and I'm carrying him a little while, and I put him down, and I say to him, buddy, listen, I love you, man. But you're getting too big. He turned around, very point blankly, and said to me, Probably lift more weights, Dad. I'm like, who are you? I'm like, who says that? I'm like, get over here. He's like, what? He said, I'm too heavy. Get stronger. I'm like, you're not wrong. But 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 the, the reason that we talk about it is because the, the spirit gotta gotta flex it sometimes. You gotta trust it. You gotta put it into practice got to allow those conversations to happen. Sometimes you, you have to let the Spirit lead you. Even if you don't know what's coming. We've talked about it, but I, I can tell you right now, the reason we're here today, the reason I stand in this place, is because the Spirit told me to move, and I said, okay. This was not my plan three years ago. I didn't buy a house to sell it a year later. It's not, it's not what we did, but when the Spirit is calling you to do something, you just got to listen to it. you got to practice. you got to put the time in. Uh, in the story, once again, we're back in the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 40. It says, Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, uh, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The prophet, the spirit, told Philip, go to that chariot, stay near then Philip ran up the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? To which the eunuch replies, how can I? Unless someone explains it. I, I love this because so much of the, the early church was so dependent on the spirit to move them. The spirit says to Philip, go stand next to that chariot. I'm sure Philip's like, why am I standing next to a chariot? And he finds himself there. He his hand. And he has an opportunity to share with the gospel. Not only takes hold of what he said, but he's going to baptize the baptized believers shortly thereafter. Right? There, there's just something about the spirit in us that we listen to. It's going to provide us opportunities. So many times when we talk about the church when we talk about one of the questions I hear a lot is well, I don't know what to do I'm just doing something it's amazing the events, the day to day situations that happen in your life where God can show up unexpectedly almost unannounced just by showing by being by, by listening to that spirit continue when you have that word that was stroke. They're going through a divorce. They're going through depression. The they prepare to sit. It's that spirit that just pray. 
maybe maybe you find yourself you're going to the line and you've not left the church today and, and you're sitting there and thinking all right like i'm i'm hungry i'm trying to get out of here i get there and the spirit says how about you pick up for me and you're like i don't know and god says no it's just do you don't know the support you don't know a blessing you don't know what kind of conversation that's going to start uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago uh that my mom uh when I moved here, we gave her one of the couches we had. She was able to give that couch to another family, a family in need. And, and from that, uh, we were able to, uh, people in the church, uh, in this church and other churches, came together, and, and this young lady, this mother, those children that are close to my age, uh, now has a fully furnished household, simply by the willingness of people to let the Spirit of God move in them to be a blessing. And they listen. Listening to the Spirit of God requires sacrifice sometimes. If God is telling you to do it, the Spirit is moving you. It's not unintentional. You don't know. You don't know how God is going to use you. But you have to be willing to let him as a church as we continue to move forward as, as we look towards the summer and the events we have coming up and as we look towards next year five years down the road there are going to be moments in our church where we have to trust that god is moving us in the right direction and sometimes and here's the thing that we don't often talk about sometimes that direction might change from the original direction we thought we had it's not a bad it doesn't mean it's wrong. Just as we mature, as things change, as, as, as we move forward, sometimes God's vision or how he wants us to accomplish that vision looks different. It doesn't mean we change anything about what we teach. The Bible is still the Bible. The Bible is still the best way to show people the, the will of God. But sometimes the way we do things looks a little different. When we're on mission, when you're on mission, your mission looks different. The way you go about reaching those that you love, your family, your friends, the way that you present the message to the world around you, it, the message is the same, but, but you and I are going to have different approaches. The culture we live in, you can't minister the same way the culture we live in now as you did 60 years ago. It's a, it's a different world. The, the generation coming up is they need, they still need God, they still need truth. But sometimes the way you present it to them. But, but that, there's nothing wrong with that because if we truly are the body of believers, and the spirit that is in us empowers us, not only empowers us, but the spirit that is in us is also going to make sure that God's ultimate plan comes through. I said it before and I'll say it again in the end he wins I, I don't need to fight on his behalf if anything he fights on mine because he he already knows the victory he already has it established the spirit in your mind helps us to accomplish it John 16 7 through 8 but very truly I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. 
unless I go and the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send you. When he comes, he will prove to the world, uh, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. First Corinthians 2, 10 through 11. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the earth. Ephesians 1.13 And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you remarked it the seal. Spirit in us is power. The Bible that, that we believe in tells us that we will do greater things than Jesus. <coughs> Beyond it blows my mind because I'm not even sure I comprehend Spirit in us. Trust. We foster. We listen. Move us in ways that will not only change us, but will further be I like this uh, quote. It says, We must remember that it is the power of the Spirit that compels us to share the gospel. From that power, the church, God's agent of renewal in the world, welcomes others from every tribe, some and nation. This is not uh, contingent on answering the questions correctly, but on incarnating and ministering presence. Uh, this is a book. James Davis and Hunter writes. And I realize when I read this that there are people who will disagree with me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with disagreeing. But James Davis and Hunter writes, it is essential in my view to abandon altogether talk of redeeming the culture, advancing the kingdom, Building the kingdom, transforming the world, realigning the culture, reforming the culture, changing the world. Christians need to leave such language behind them because it carries too much weight. It implies conquest, takeover, or dominion. Which, in my view, is precisely what God does not call us to pursue, at least not in the conventional 20th and 21st century way of understanding these terms. Instead, Hunter recommends faithful presence within the structure of our world. I, I realize what I'm saying there. I realize that, that a lot of times that the believer want to take this kind of offensive strategy to want to fight and want to beat the culture and submission. I think that's what Jesus did. His entire time on earth, in his presence, that people loved him, the people he never forced himself. It's not who he was. He taught truth, he stood for it, he, he spoke truth. But in the end, he never made anyone follow him. Why there was only 12 there. 
of all the thousands that followed them on the model stuff. But I'm not not saying we don't stand up for the right things. Please understand that. But how you stand up for it matters. A lot of times in my experience, I have found myself better able to love people and show them Jesus simply by being with them. I could wheel with my hand and I could I could walk around and, and, and I could I'm probably big enough I could drag women out of this building. I'm not going to make them believe like I can. I can do everything in my power to try to force God on people without the spirit in them. They're never going to understand. The choice they have to make. The best thing you and I can do is be a really good representation of why to live a life that is so different that people look at us and I really, really need to know. How do you handle How are you able to be such a person? Why? Your mom died. Why are you not utterly devastated? God that I know has made it clear that if I believe in him, if I give my life to him, if I allow him to stand in the gap, if I can accept Jesus as my Savior, that my eternity is set. I miss those that I have lost. And I look forward to the day when I see them. Realize we have different approaches. We're all different. That's what makes this the church so beautiful and so frustrating. But if you really want to see the world around us change, you have to trust that the Spirit in us is going to provide the opportunity. He's going to open up the doors. He's going to set the pace. A lot of times, you don't have to look far to find God working. When you see it, attack yourself. Trust in the thing that has been given to you. Without it, without the Spirit of God, without reliance on the Holy Spirit, it's just a joke. Where just a bunch of people that meet here on Sunday morning just to be crazy. But when the Spirit is in the Spirit of God is in the believer, but it's in the church, but it's in the community, create something that stop <coughs> Not worried about the thing. I stand. My goal now much like Jesus is possible so that everyone else can be part of this as well. That they can make that decision.
right? We, we talk about this, we talk about baptism, and I know some people get weird about that, but Jesus says it. When you're ready, when you make that commitment, when you decide, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Peter says it, protect and baptize, not only for the forgiveness of your sins, but for the filling of the Holy Spirit. The, the baptism is this beautiful thing as believers that, that when we're baptized in Christ, it connects us to Him. Quite, like literally, spiritually, it connects us to not only His burial, death, and resurrection, which is what we look forward to, but it gives us the power of the Spirit in us. And that's what changed you. want to see people change. Show them the Spirit. want to see people become more like Jesus? Teach them about the Spirit of God. Introduce them. Have that conversation. Invite them church, small group, yes. potlucks, cookouts, Lego building competition, I really don't care what you do. <laughs> if you really want to get to know people, model for them what the Spirit has done for life. Show them why it's so important. It's not just, I want you to have what I have because I think I'm right. It's, I want you to have what I have because I think you need it. And I know that you need it as I do. Without the Spirit of God, nothing. Hey everyone, thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallonview, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing on our people and our community and our church. All right, later.